Hey, how you doing? I'm Greg Knapp. This is Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. Today on the show, how to get started on anything in 15 minutes or less. For real now, people. Then we're going to talk with John Nemo. He's an author, public relations expert, and consultant, and he's mastered how to use LinkedIn, not just to get a job, but to grow your business and find customers. His book is LinkedIn Riches, how to use LinkedIn for business, sales, and marketing. And I'll tell you how to get the book absolutely free. And we'll end the show with how to motivate yourself to accomplish a great goal. Ready? Let's go. You know how you sometimes feel stuck? Like you're drifting through life, going through the motions? You know you were created for something more, that an average life just isn't enough for you. Then you're in the right place. Find your purpose. Live your passion. Let's go. Okay. Here's how to get started on anything in 15 minutes or less. I mean, because you've got big ideas. You got big plans, huge goals. But first you gotta check your email and then check it again and again. I mean, hey, your daughter needs help with her homework. The lawn isn't gonna mow itself, you know. Your desk, man, a desk is disorganized. How can you get anything done when you have your desk unorganized? And you know what? It is time to update your LinkedIn profile. We'll get to that in a minute. Right, and check Facebook and Here's the thing. Why do we procrastinate from the things we know will make our lives so much better? And why is it so hard to get started on something we really want to do? And what can we do about it? Well, I've got four quick wins for you. Number one, make sure you really want it, right? I mean, the first thing to do, make sure this is something you really want to do. Sometimes we don't hit a goal because we didn't really want it anyway. We just thought we needed to do it or somebody told us we should do it or it seemed like the right thing. So are you procrastinating because this idea or plan or project or whatever it is doesn't line up with your values? Is it really part of your passion or purpose? And if it isn't, why are you planning to do it? Now, I know sometimes we have to do things, but a lot of times we think we have to do it. If you know that this is what you really want, then you got to ask the question, what's stopping you? Is it a physical reason or emotional or mental? You really got to drill down. Ask the question behind the question of what's getting in your way. Now, once you've decided that and you definitely want to do it, then you got to move to step two. Hey, I love what Bruce Lee says about this. If you spend too much time thinking about a thing, you'll never get it done. Mm-hmm. So number two. Only work on this for 15 minutes. What? Wait, Greg, there's no way I can get it done in 15 minutes. I won't even get anything important done in 15 minutes. You're making no sense. All right, easy. Tap the brakes. I used to think that too. But here's the thing. I thought to myself, self, I can get a lot more done in 15 minutes than I can get done in zero minutes. You know, sometimes I'm really smart when I talk to myself. So you just do it for 15 minutes to watch what happens. Sometimes we got trouble getting started because it just seems like, man, this thing's too big a task. You know, there's some research that shows our minds tend to focus on all the difficulties and complexities of a project or task before we actually start to do it. So we tend to avoid starting big projects. Just last week, my youngest daughter, perfect example. She was having a little pity party. Too much homework, too many projects, too much studying. She went on for several minutes. She started to cry. So we acknowledge, you know what? You really do have a lot of work to do. But getting started is usually the hardest part. So let's get started. So then we organized our work. We decided what to do when. We came up with a manageable plan. And then we said, how about you just work on the first thing for 15 minutes and take a break? The whole idea, just get started. 
and then you'll see it's not as hard as you think. And it worked. I mean, she ended up working much longer on it than 15 minutes, didn't even realize she'd gone past the time, and then it dawned on her, you know what, this wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. So if you're overwhelmed, list everything you want to do and ask, what's the most important thing right now? I mean, no doubt you're not going to finish this in 15 minutes, but that's not the point. We're trying to get started. We're taking action so we can get going. Then we'll work on all the things we need to do to keep going and finish. And then number three, we're going to use the Zygarnik effect. Ah, uh, yes, the Zygvar, the Zygvar, the what? Yes, it's the Zygarnik effect. It's the tendency to remember projects that you haven't completed. In fact, the research shows your mind keeps coming back to those uncompleted tasks. So once you get started on what you really want to do, your mind on its own has a tendency to keep coming back to it until you get it done. I mean, isn't that awesome? It's almost like someone designed us to get important things done. Wonder who might have done that. Okay, so once you get started, even if it's just for 15 minutes, your brain will keep pulling you back until you finish. And I'm using this a ton right now. I'm ramping up, you know, my professional and personal development business, and I often feel overwhelmed. I mean, I got big ideas on my speaking and coaching and podcasting and helping people start their own podcast and uh, all kinds of courses, and I'm helping small businesses create and edit podcasts to attract their ideal clients and grow their brand, uh, learning new ways to market digitally, I, and, and tons of stuff that I need to actually start doing. But see, all these ideas take a lot of work. And many of them will require me to do things that I'm not quite sure how to do yet. So I sometimes find myself just doing busy work instead of getting started. But once I start... Once I start, I get on a roll. And I found that the 15-minute trick I use with my daughter helps me. I can do anything for 15 minutes, and then when I do, I tend to just keep going. And then number four, break it down. Another great technique, break down the task into smaller bites and just do one bite. Your little successes tend to lead to big ones. I love what Martin Luther King Jr. said about it. Faith is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. So you don't need to know how to do it all before you start. Just get started and learn what you need as you go. So here's my question for you on this one. What do you do to get started? And which of these techniques have helped you? And don't forget, you can email me that, greg at gregorybnap.com. You can even call me on that at 904-373-6591. And I might put your voicemail right into the show. 904-373-6591, and it's also in the show notes. All right, now I've got some steps for dealing with the haters, and we all have haters. I mean, you remember Taylor Swift, because the play is going to play, and the hate is going to hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake it off, right? I mean, how many times have you thought that somebody's being a jerk to you, and you're super mad about it, and it's eating you up inside, you wish you could let it go? I think we've all been there, right? I mean, since the dawn of time, some things have been true. The sun will rise in the east. Your bread will land butter side down and hate is going to hate. So how do you react? See, my daughter came home from school the other day upset. What happened? Long story. Girl at school was mean to her, said awful things, generally annoying. I empathized with her and then started asking some questions. Do you like this girl? No. Do you care what she thinks about you? No, not really. When did this happen? First period. Do you want to continue to be upset all day long? No. 
I mean, Summer, this happened in the morning and you got upset. It's now 4.40 in the afternoon and you're still letting it upset you. Do you really want to let this person you don't even like ruin your entire day? No. Do you want to give her that power over you? No, Dad. I loved it. So I love that question. Why give someone you don't even like the power to ruin your entire day or even life? See, I love reframing the haters this way because the haters don't have the power to do anything to us unless we give them that power over us. Remember now, we're talking about haters who just want to tear us down, not people who are actually giving us constructive criticism. I mean, we should all be willing to listen to people we respect and make changes to get better at what we do. But the best way to counterattack a hater is to make it blatantly obvious that their attack has had no impact on you. That's what Tim Ferriss says about it. I love that idea. I'm going to get into more details about that in a future podcast, but that's just the best question to ask yourself to deal with the hate today. Am I going to let somebody I don't even like or really even care about what they think about me ruin my day and maybe even ruin my life? I would hope the answer is no. And I'm joined now by John Nemo. Now, he's an author, public relations expert. He's a consultant. He's also been a reporter. Just don't hold that against him. And we're going to talk with him today about his book. And you can get this free on the website, by the way, in the digital or audio format. It's called LinkedIn Riches, How to Use LinkedIn for Business, Sales, and Marketing. John, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man, my pleasure. I want to start with your story. Because I, I love stories of how people got started and what changed in the world to move them from point A to point B, because so many people are kind of struggling. This show's all about finding out what you want to do and then going for it. And a lot of times, even once you figure out what it is, you're like, okay, now what? And you took that now what? Tell us your story. Yeah. So very briefly, you know, I grew up the son of two English teachers, love reading and writing, went into becoming a reporter, like you said, <laughs> don't hold it against me for the Associated Press, and then worked for some newspapers, transitioned into public relations and social media marketing. And kind of the, the moment that really changed everything for me was back in 2012, I'll never forget this, I was working for a labor union doing um, their PR and social media and everything, and we were in a meeting about fake trees and men in tights. And I remember looking out the window and thinking, is this what my life has kind of come to? Right? So, so the labor union, you know, like a lot of unions, there's nothing wrong with this. It just is what it is. But they were very political and they wanted to do a protest around this Robin Hood tax, which was like, obviously tax the rich and give to the poor. Great idea, whatever. But they were talking about, well, let's put on a big PR stunt. Let's get men in tights, dress like Robin Hood. Let's get some fake trees and we'll do a big event and let's tap Nemo's PR prowess and writing. And I'm like, I can't do this the rest of my life. Like this, there's more to it. Like I just couldn't. And I had this entrepreneurial itch that I wanted to scratch. I wanted to be out on my own. I wanted to be my own boss. And so back in 2012, you know, I'd started up kind of a side hustle, my own little marketing agency. I had one client, I had enough money for 30 days and I had three young boys at home and my wife wasn't working and I took the leap. I quit. I quit this safe six figure job at a union that I was never going to get fired. And I quit and I left and I literally had enough money for 30 days and I had to make wow. it happen. Yeah. I mean, so it's like people talk about, Oh, take the leap. I'm like, I took the leap. And I just, I told myself, I guess to, to push myself over the edge, 
you can always go get another day job. Like at that point I was confident enough. I, I can interview well, like if all, if I crash and burn, I'll go get another job. I'll, I'll interview, I'll find something. And thank God I never had to like, well, I, John, I, John, let me jump in for just a second yeah. because would looking back, would you recommend that people do it like that? Or would you recommend <laughs> kind of easing into it a little bit? Maybe. Well, I had a plan now. So uh -huh. personality is, is a big part of this. I'm very much, I, I love to be aggressive and go for it. And that's mm -hmm. one of the gifts that I have is I'm not afraid to take my shot, you know, and I don't want to live life with regret. And I think part of that is my dad died when I was 17 and he died of mm. cancer. And I watched him from the time I was seven to 17 fight cancer and eventually passed away. And I knew even by age 17, I'm like, I'm not waiting around for life. I'm not going to play it safe. Like you get get hit by a bus tomorrow. Like I think people, if you've lost a loved one early in life, I do think you're different. You know, I think you look at life differently and go, what's the worst that could happen after I've been through that? So for me, that was the right move. I would, a lot of other people who are more cautious, I'm going to save enough money. And, but there's also something to be said, Greg, for having the, you have no net, you have to make it happen. If yeah. I had a hundred thousand dollars in the bank, what's pressuring me to get up every morning? What's pressuring me to make it happen? And so knowing, dude, you got 30 days. Now I also had a plan. Like I knew there was something with LinkedIn, even back in 2012, where, hey, there's something going on here that people aren't using this platform the right way with as far as looking for leads and clients. And so this is where LinkedIn Riches, the book and the whole story comes in. Within uh, 90 days of quitting that day job, I'd generated six figures in revenue. I'd replaced my salary. And, and all from LinkedIn, all from you know clients I found on the platform, all in a spare bedroom in our house with all I had was a laptop and a wobbly folding cart table. You know, that was my prestigious office and it, and it worked and I have never had to look back. And so what I do today is really show others how to use LinkedIn to kind of find and engage and sell to your ideal prospects. And thankfully it's only gotten easier and bigger and better using that network. Awesome. We're talking to John Nemo, whose book is LinkedIn Riches, How to Use LinkedIn for Business, Sales, and Marketing. If you go to LinkedInRiches.com, you can get the book absolutely free in digital or audio format. And I wanted to ask you about that finding people to do business with on LinkedIn, because I'm sure you get these too, John. I get all these connection messages and they're just screaming sales. Like, I, I don't want to click yes to this person because I know the second I do, he's trying to sell me something. How do you do it without coming off all salesy? Yeah, like everyone's trying to get married on the first date on LinkedIn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. In real life, here's how to look at LinkedIn. Okay, if we take a step back, it's the world's largest coffee shop for professionals. There's 650 million people on LinkedIn. Two new members join every single second. You wouldn't walk into a coffee shop full of people, shake someone's hand and go, hey, Greg, I'm John Nemo. I'd like to take a side booth for 15 minutes of your time to sell your life insurance policy. Like you wouldn't do that in real life, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. but people do it on LinkedIn. They forget you're talking to human beings. Like on the other end of all those messages and invites is a person. And so the real secret sauce of LinkedIn is understanding how do I overlay and replicate the real life me into a LinkedIn invitation, into a one-on-one -on -one LinkedIn message. And the beauty of that platform is because LinkedIn is like Big Brother and has you know, gathered info on everyone, they know where you went to school, the city you live in, you know, your jobs, all that, you can reverse engineer that 
as you know a person prospecting and say, I want to find people that live in Chicago who went to the University of Notre Dame who work in healthcare. You can literally create a list of leads that quickly on LinkedIn. Now you have three different icebreakers to put in your invite. Hey, I see you live in Chicago. Are you a Bears fan? Will you guys ever find a kicker? You know, like talking football. Or you could say, right. hey, I see you went to Notre Dame, you know, blah, blah, blah. Talk about that. Or, hey, I see you work in healthcare. How do you like it? Like, there's ways to kind of do what we do in real life, which is break the ice, ask some questions. And, and then the real secret is once you've connected with someone, you know, asking questions, not assuming they want to hear what you have to say, but saying, curious, are you interested in blank? Are you looking for help with blank? If you are, I've got these free resources. If you are, I might be able to help, you know, via this or that. And I should back up one step. Before you start prospecting, the other big mistake that 99% of people make on LinkedIn is they don't have what I call a client-facing profile. Mm -hmm. it, it really just reads like a resume, right? Gregory Knapp has worked for such prestigious employers as, you know, and it's all written in the third person. It's like you're a pro athlete, you know, like talking about yourself that way. Nobody cares, right? Nobody right. cares. They, when I first started in 2012, I read this book and it's timeless, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie. Yep. And he has this great line in there. He said, your ideal clients and customers do not care about you. They care about themselves morning, noon, and after supper. And John, said, I want to jump in on that, and I want to talk about that some more in just a second. In the radio business, we used to call that WIIFM, what's in it for me. Yes. And, and absolutely, you've got to get right to what the people care about first, and they care about themselves. And if you show you care about them and you want to know you're halfway there, we're talking to John Nemo. In just a second, we're going to talk a little bit more about the profile, and then we're going to get into the secret to generating more business with LinkedIn. You're on Find Your Purpose, Live Your Passion. Hang in. Don't forget, you can send me a question, comment what you want in the show. Either email me, greg at gregorybnap.com, or just call me and leave a voicemail. I might just put it right in the program, 904-373-6591. And you can get my free book, Five Steps to Finding Your Passion and Purpose, at my website, gregorybnap.com. That's Gregory B as in boy, K-N-A-P-P as in Peter. Com. It'll pop right up there for you when you get to the website. And all this information is in the show notes of my podcast as well. I'm back with John Nemo. And John's talking to us a little bit about how to set up your profile so it doesn't bore people to death. And, uh, and, and we'll go from there. So, John, what do we do here to make this thing something people want to actually pay attention to? Right. It's all about what I call client-facing on LinkedIn, the riches are in the niches. So if you can really appeal to a niche audience with your profile, that's where the magic happens. So I'm gonna give you an example, then I'll give everyone a quick template they can use for this. So back in 2012, when I quit my day job with one client and started my marketing agency, I didn't really have a niche per se, but I knew the riches were in the niches and the only client I had was a debt collector. And I had worked for a trade association that serviced debt collection agencies so I knew the world, I knew the regulations, I knew the needs that they had and the pain points they had for sales and marketing. So I decided on LinkedIn, instead of having my profile be John Nemo, CEO Nemo Media Group with my wobbly folding card table, like I said, debt collection marketing services. That was my headline, John Nemo, debt collection marketing services, PR services for debt collectors. And then the first line of your profile, you make all about your target audience. And here's a one-liner anyone can use. What I do, colon, what I do, I help, then you insert your audience name, I help this audience achieve 
these benefits, things that they want by providing, you know, and then you say your product or service. So for me, I said, what I do, I help debt collection agencies get more leads, generate sales and improve their reputation online by providing industry specific marketing and PR service. Uh, can I jump in on that, John? Because I, I love yeah. how you made it simple, short, something that they actually need. You didn't throw a lot of jargon in because I read some people's LinkedIn profiles and I can't even understand what they do because it's all jargon. And if I'm not in their industry, I don't know it. Now I know some people say, well, you're not in their industry, so you don't care. But I think even in the industry, if you just break it down to like what you just did, this is what I actually do for you that you need. That's, that's something that pulls people towards you. Yeah. And two things about that, Gregory, like one is a confused prospect never buys. So, you know, that's number one. Number two is the speed of online prospecting. When a person gets an invite from you on LinkedIn, they're going to immediately scan it and go, if I don't know within two or three seconds, what's in it for me, I'm just going to skip or avoid. Right. Yes. So if the headline says, if I'm a debt collector who owns a debt collection agency and the, the invite I get from John Nemo, it says John Nemo and underneath debt collection marketing services, I immediately know what this guy does. Oh, he helps debt collectors like me do this. And if I'm curious and click on his profile, John Nemo's first line said, what I do, I help debt collectors get more sales, clients, revenue, improve their reputation. And I do it by providing these services. And then I had another line, what makes me unique, colon, having spent two industries working for the trade association that serves debt collectors, I really know the ropes because that was a big pain point for them was when I hire a marketing agency, they don't understand the industry, they don't understand the regulations, I did. So that also appealed to them. So for anyone listening, that's how you want to have this client facing approach of very simple, quickly, within two seconds, you know who I am, who the audience is I serve and what the service is. Then you expand upon that, what I do, what makes me unique, what others say and put in some testimonials, how it works, right? Talk about your secret sauce. That's where you start getting the attention on LinkedIn. I love it. And in fact, I've used your template on my LinkedIn profile. Nice. So nice. I just took it and just plugged it right in. And I, I really think it makes a difference. I get a little bit what's the word, frustrated because I do a lot of different things. You know, I'm a speaker, I'm a coach, I'm a podcaster, um, I'm a radio talk show host, I, I, I'm an author. So I, it's hard for me sometimes to tie it all into the overarching thing that I do with those different methods. And sometimes it makes me say, well, what is my niche? How do you drill down to that niche and not leave out people that you want to serve. Right. I think this is one of the big misconceptions that almost everyone runs into with LinkedIn is, uh, you know, LinkedIn, let's be honest, there's 650 million people on there. They're not looking for you. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> when you're pro the way to be effective on LinkedIn is you got to go out and prospect. You got to go out and invite people to your house party, which is your profile. You got to go out and talk to people. So what I always tell my clients is, What's your number one audience you really want to focus on right now? Because remember, LinkedIn is digital. You can change your profile 10 times a day, right? right? And feature and spotlight different things. So at the top with your LinkedIn headline and summary, focus on that most important niche. Are you launching a new book? Maybe, the, or do you want to do a speaking tour? You know, make that prominent. Because below that in the experience section of your profile, you can add multiple experience listings. 
So you can add one for podcasting, one for the book, one for the coaching program. And then toward the top of your profile, you just say, what am I actively trying to grow right now? I'm going to feature that at the top. And then in a month, I'll change it. And that's what works really well is because it's digital, you're not locked in and it's not hard to change. So definitely create multiple experience listings for the different niches you serve. But on the top, just try to focus on one or two audiences that you're actively reaching out to because that's who you're going to be seeing banter and engage with you. The big misconception is, well, what if someone randomly types in podcast host slash author slash radio guy in this city and my stuff isn't like, come on, like that's so it's not the way it's working right now. Like it's much more. You got to go out and knock on doors. I couldn't agree with you more. It's the same thing with if you have a blog and you just expect people to Google what you blog about and they're going to be there. There's so many blogs. You've got to go out and recruit people who are going to come see what you have to offer. Correct. And and that's what you're doing with LinkedIn Riches. It's John Nemo, LinkedInRiches.com to get the book, LinkedIn Riches. And everything we're talking about is in this book, the whole template, everything. So if you're interested in this, just pop onto his website and you can get it for free. One of the things in there, you call it the secret to generating more business with LinkedIn. What's the secret? A couple of things. One is got to appeal to a certain audience that feels like you've walked in their shoes, you know what they're going through, and you can help them. I'm just like you. I spent time in this industry. I've done these things. That's the easiest way. The other big thing is your big competitive edge on LinkedIn It's you, it's your unique story, it's your personality, it's your style of communication, it's your sense of humor. The biggest sin in marketing is to be boring. People think, well, it's stuffy, it's professional, I can't be myself. No, like LinkedIn wants you to inject personality onto the platform. There's a reason with one-on-one LinkedIn messages that you can insert emojis and animated GIF images, and now you can do little personal videos on the LinkedIn mobile app right to a connection. They want you to showcase your personality. Someone is going to purchase your services because they know you like you and trust you. Yes, you need to build the trust around your profile and your testimonials and everything else. But to know you and like you, that's hard to do online if you don't ever showcase your personality. And the Mm -hmm. beautiful part about that is the more you put yourself out there, you will attract people who go, I like that. That guy's really funny. Like for instance, There's a million LinkedIn trainers out there, Gregory, right? But how many use vanilla ice in their presentations? How many use bad 80s jokes like I do, right? Because that's me. Like I grew up in the 80s, you know, putting quarters in the arcade machines, pulling up my tube socks, right? That's my deal. I'm crazy. I'm goofy. I'm funny. I attract people who like that. And I repel people who are like, no, I want someone serious and stern and whatever. And I'm like, that's fine. You would kill me as a client. We would never get along. So it's good. I couldn't agree more because it's all about your pre-qualifying people that you would like to work with anyway. And it goes back to what you said about just trying to get married right away is you've just got to get to know each other. That's how you let people know, hey, I like this person. Perhaps I might do business with them one day. Up next is how to find your ideal prospects on LinkedIn. Unfind your purpose, live your passion. If you've got a comment or a question, you want something on the show that you care about, it's Greg at GregoryBnap.com for the email. Phone number 904-373-6591. 904-373-6591. You leave a voicemail, I might put it right into the show. My free ebook, Five Steps to Finding Your Passion and Purpose, at my website, Gregory B as in boy, Nap, K-N-A-P-P.com. And it'll 
pop up, you put in your email, and you got it all for free. Wrapping up with John Nemo. He's written LinkedIn Riches, How to Use LinkedIn for Business Sales and Marketing. You get it absolutely free at linkedinriches.com. And we were talking about how do you find your people? How do you find those ideal prospects on LinkedIn? Because you don't want to spam everybody. How do you do it? Yeah, that's a great question. And remember, LinkedIn, as of right now, 650 million members, 200 countries. The thing you have to realize with LinkedIn is it's the world's biggest search engine for leads. And so because LinkedIn has gathered all this data on every member, you now use LinkedIn search and LinkedIn search filters, especially if you have a premium account like Sales Navigator, you get all these filters. There's like 20, 30, 40 different ways to slice and dice all the data on that site. So what I do is I say, I wanna sell my service to CEOs at hospitals, right? So now I can go on LinkedIn, I can literally use the different search features to say, give me CEOs at hospitals. I can say this size of hospital with this many employees or this much revenue, like all of that is there. Then you can layer on top of that geography and say, well, I really wanna make this personal to you know a part of the world. So I'm gonna go for hospital CEOs in Chicago, Illinois. But even more, I wanna really personalize it with something about their college because it's college football season right now. So I'm gonna look for people that went to Notre Dame or UCLA or whatever. So you can create these customized lists of prospects and you build in two or three icebreakers in the search. And that's my secret sauce is, I don't wanna necessarily create a list of 100,000 hospital CEOs, but I do want a list of 100 hospital CEOs in Chicago who went to Notre Dame because that makes it easy for me to replicate the same icebreakers over and over and over again in my messaging, in my connections. You know, I have context for conversations now that I can you know, use the same approach over and over and over again. But either way, however you want to slice it and dice it, is really about understanding LinkedIn search and the different search filters to you know, winnow it down from 600 million people to job titles, how long they've been at the company, what their role is, you know, uh, have they grown this much, what's their revenue? Like you can really find anyone on there if you spend enough time playing around with the filters. And John, with those filters, is that all for the free membership or how much would we need to invest to do like a premium or a sales navigator type deal? Yeah. I should get stock from LinkedIn because I always am telling people to use their paid plans. <laughs> like the free account gives you bare minimum. Like you can basically find a location, job title, maybe the college, and they're even narrowing that down. Sales Navigator is the one I recommend. It's like, I think it's anywhere from, depending on where you are in the world, it's anywhere from like 50 to 100 bucks a month, depending on the plan. And But that's the one where you're really gonna get all the data, like 30, 40 different filters. Because at the end of the day, knowledge is power. And the more you know about a prospect ahead of time, the easier it is to break the ice. You know, So when I, I recommend people get Sales Navigator, just because for most of us, the cost of one client is gonna be well worth you know, 50, 100 bucks a month, right? Sure. So if you're using LinkedIn and actively getting on there, those searches in Sales Navigator are very powerful because, again, I can winnow it down to the hospital CEO in Chicago who went to Notre Dame, and I can immediately send you know 50 of those in a row with those icebreakers and just change the names. All of a sudden, you're building camaraderie, you're building rapport. Who doesn't want to talk about you know good old Notre Dame football, right? Like, so Absolutely. That, that's the magic sauce behind this. Uh, yeah, but to answer your question, 
definitely I would recommend a premium account, typically sales navigator. Well, and like you said, that's worth it for your return on investment with, with just right. one client a month. But even beyond that, knowing that you're putting out some money might make you focus more on actually getting leads on LinkedIn instead of just kind of letting it sit there. I kind of like that motivation. Uh, the, the last thing I wanted to ask you, John, you did a 60 second YouTube video that got you a $10,000 marketing contract. How does that work? Yeah. Well, this is all about personalizing your approach. And th this is a great story. So back in 2012, right, I'm niching myself as debt collection agency marketing guy. So I'm reaching out on LinkedIn with that profile niche to that audience trying to sell marketing services. So I come across a debt collector in, uh, I think he was out in, gosh, where was he? New Hampshire or something. And there wasn't much on his profile. All that I could really see was he went to the University of Pittsburgh from 1984 to 1988. That was on there. And I thought, well, I want to personalize my invite to him. How do I do that? What do I know about Pitt during the 80s? And I'm a huge sports nut, huge college sports fan. And I was like, what do I know about Pitt in the 80s? Oh, yeah, send it in Jerome. Okay. So back in the 1980s, Pittsburgh, University of Pittsburgh had a great basketball team. Sean Miller and Jerome Lane and all these guys, they were ranked, you know, a lot. And so mm -hmm. a, an infamous game, it was on a Saturday. I'll never forget this national TV. Pitt was playing someone. They go down on a fast break. Jerome Lane goes up to dunk the basketball and he shatters the glass backboard. Mm. Like the, the rim comes off, glass goes raining down on him. And Bill Rafferty, the famous college basketball announcer, yells out, Send it in, Jerome, send it in. <laughs> Everyone just goes nuts. And I'm like, that happened in 87. So I'm like, okay, I remember that play, flashbulb memory. Like I remember where I was when Send it in, Jerome hit. I'm like, this guy went to Pitt in the 80s. Certainly he's heard of that that would be a good icebreaker. So I send him a LinkedIn message. I'm like, hey, would love to connect. By the way, do you remember sending it in Jerome? And within you know two minutes, I, he accepts the invite and writes me back, I was at the game. You know? uh -huh. so, so all of a sudden, I can hear the Bruce Springsteen song, Glory Days, playing in the background because he's back in college. You know, He was a student there, and he, it turned out he played Division One soccer, and he knew Dan Marino and all the other big athletes on campus. And so he loved it. He immediately... I stood out to him. I wasn't boring. I was unique. And so he looked me up and he looked at my profile. Wow. He's all about us. And he goes, he writes me another message. He goes, your timing's perfect. We're looking for a new marketing vendor. Do you want to have a phone call tomorrow? Sure. Get on the phone the next day, close a $10,000 contract. And so at the end of that year, when I was kind of auditing my clients and going through the lists, I say to this particular client, like, what really won you over? Was it our brochure, our website, our work samples? He goes, no, man, it was send it in Jerome. He goes, I just knew you were going to be fun to work with, creative, and if you were that good at personalizing engagement with me, I knew you could do that for us with our clients. And so it was like, ah, okay, like, you know, it really matters to people that you hit it off and break the ice. And granted, you don't always get those kind of quick wins, but that's the power of this because the timing was perfect for him in that we're literally right now looking for a vendor. Here you popped in. You got me curious because you did a great icebreaker. I looked at your stuff. It matches perfectly what we're looking for. Let's have a call. We're hitting it off even more. Boom, contract done. And, and that's the power of LinkedIn when you put all these factors in place. Yeah, you microwave that relationship with that. That was awesome. And that's showing how much you cared to do research before you met him, showed him what kind of guy you were. And that's the kind of stuff we can do with our LinkedIn connections. It's called LinkedIn Riches, how to use LinkedIn for business sales and marketing. Go to linkedinriches.com. You can get it absolutely free in the digital or audio format. 
John Nemo is the author. John, thanks so much for being with us, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you. All the best. Hey, are you searching for your passionate purpose? Start with my free gift, Five Steps to Finding Your Passionate Purpose. All you have to do is go to my website, gregorybnapp.com, and it'll pop right up there for you to get for free. Gregory B as in boy, K-N-A-P-P.com. Really appreciate you subscribing and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for being with me. Find your purpose. Live your passion. <laughs>